Tonight, Baby Yoda makes toast, CBS All Access gets a new name, the Emmy Awards, and we remember Dame Diana Rigg. Mrs. Peel, we're needed on Multiverse Tonight! Comic books, sci-fi, fantasy, and more. If you're looking for a roundup of geeky news, you're in the right place. This is Multiverse Tonight. Here's your host, Thomas Townley. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 94 of Multiverse Tonight, the sci-fi edition. Uh, this year, it's not playing fair, is it? It's probably kind of a dumpster fire. I was really just kind of turned the heat up on the election by taking Supreme Court Justice Ruth Bader Ginsburg and making the election the, the most important election living memory. So, if you can vote, do it. Here in our country, don't interfere with the election. Anyway, um, I haven't done much lately. Doing a lot of reading, been playing, you know, Animal Crossing, New Horizons. Um, just kind of waiting around for you know this year to be over. But uh, other than that. We got a lot of news today, so uh, let's get on it with some Star Wars news. The second season of The Mandalorian will be headed back to Tatooine. The series visited Mos Eisley in Season 1 and hinted at the presence of Boba Fett. Could Season 2 have something to do with Boba? Who knows? New episodes star on Disney Plus on October 10th. October 30th, excuse me. The Baby Yoda merchandising train just keeps going. The Muppet has made a mint for the mouse. Now, this time, it's a toaster. Yep, yeah, it's a toaster. The green two-slice toaster has an illustration of Mando and the child on the side and makes toast with the face of the child burned in it. And it retails for about $35. Yeah, I think I'll skip the toaster. I really don't need... To eat the child. Now, uh, if you've ever wanted to shoot Lego Greedo, you're about to get your chance. Lego's Moss Eisley Cantina set is coming. Now, this will be a deluxe version of the previous sets and is designed for the master builder. The final product will measure over seven and a half inches, that's 19 centimeters high, 20 by 20.5 inches by, that's 52 centimeters wide, and 23 inches, that's 58 centimeters deep when opened up, and will include a removable roof, attachable buildings, land speeder minifigs, land speeders, minifigs of Ponda Baba, Dr. Evazon, Gerandan, Cardu Sai Malak, three members of the Cantina Band, a Jawa, Stormtroopers, a Dubak, and much more. Plus, the set is also packed with details like wanted posters for R2-D2 and C-3PO, and there are kyber crystals hidden in one of the exterior buildings. The 3,187-piece set comes out on October 1st for the low, low price of a big-screen TV, $349.99. Hmm. You know, 
I don't think I have that, that kind of time on my hands. Now, uh, Daisy Ridley's Ray wasn't always going to be the granddaughter of the Emperor. Now, they were toying with several possible suspects, including, at one point, being the descendant of Obi-Wan. Telling Josh Gad, quote, No, at the beginning they were toying with an Obi-Wan connection, Daisy Ridley said. They, there were different versions, and at one point she was no, she was no one. It kept changing, unquote. Now, frankly, I never thought the parentage of Rey was anything substantial. You know, it's just kind of a minor detail. Not worth getting upset over. Now, uh, speaking of Obi-Wan, Obi-Wan will finally get to go in front of the cameras for Disney Plus next spring, according to series star Ewan McGregor. Ewan told Entertainment Weekly, quote, Spring next year we start, so I'm really excited about it. I'm super excited about it. It's going to be great, I think. There's no talk of a second season. It's pretty much as I understand it, a standalone season. But we'll see. Who knows? Unquote. Hmm. Standalone season. Well, you know, that did work great for Watchmen, and uh, we'll talk about that later in the broadcast. Now, let's go on to Star Trek news. Star Trek Discovery is coming to Starfleet, Star Trek Fleet Command. Scopely's Star Trek Discovery arc is the first non-Kelvin timeline Star Trek property in the game. You get to the Discovery ship, officers like Michael Burnham and Saru, a battle pass that offers new content and resources, and anomaly events that allow players to battle alongside the Discovery for a limited time. A new official Star Trek podcast is now out. CBS Television Studios and the Star Trek Global Franchise Group announced a new podcast called Star Trek The Pod Directive. And uh, this podcast is hosted by Lower Deck star Tawny Newsom and comedian Paul F. Tompkins. According to the press release, quote, With unparalleled access to Star Trek luminaries, celebrity superfans, and behind-the-scenes creative professionals, Star Trek The Pod Directive takes a smart, witty, and thoughtful look at all things Trek, with old and new offering a high-level discussion of the themes, ideas, and characters that resonate across the history of the franchise's stored universe. Episodes will also explore the brand's 50-plus year legacy and influence. Each episode features an in-depth personal interview with a notable guest, coverage of a recent Star Trek event, or a discussion of a specific topic with one or more guests. Guests slated for the show include Ben Stiller, Michael, Michelle Hurd, Mike McMahon, Stacey Abrams, astronaut Samantha Cristoforetti, and Jeff Russo. S episodes will be weekly coming out on Mondays through the beginning of November. You know, I, I like the previous, uh, previous show they had. You know, they had, they had one that was, that was a good show and they just can't, you know, canned it for no reason but uh i don't know maybe i'll i'll look in i'll look at this new show and see if it offers anything interesting you know everything everything deserves a shot right in advance of star trek discovery and to celebrate star trek's anniversary viacom cbs put out a new updated star trek timeline the timeline showcases that showcases things like the launch of the NX Enterprise, the founding of the Federation, the Kelvin Timeline Divergence, Star Trek Discovery going all the way to Lower Decks, and Star Trek Picard, and ending in Discovery's third season in the far distant future. Hmm. Yeah, and that's pretty pretty good. Yeah. I'd still like to see, you know, 
a brand new Star Trek chronology put out. And they did the encyclo they did a new encyclopedia like a, a few months ago. And, you know, I just want to see a new chronology. I like reference books. I like to have reference material. You know, it's it's very, you know, knowledgeable. I like facts. Uh, speaking of Discovery's third season, Kenneth Mitchell is no stranger to the show. Having played three different Klingons in the show's first two seasons, this time he's back without having to sit for a long makeup session. Speaking with the official Star Trek magazine, he talked about his new character saying, quote, I'm playing a human character. It's beautiful, and I'm excited for the fans to meet him. I am also thankful for the continued support of Alex Kurtzman, Michelle Paradise, Olutunde, Jonathan Frakes, and everyone at Secret Hideout, who made it happen f for me. Unquote. However, don't look for him right away, as his character doesn't show up until later in the season. We also received news that CBS All Access will be rebranding itself to the more universal name Paramount Plus early next year. The new name also comes with an expansion of original content and its archive of programming. One of the reasons for the change was addressed by CBM C, by Viacom CBS president and CEO Bob Backish, who told Variety, quote, Paramount is an iconic and storied brand beloved by consumers all over the world and is synonymous with quality, integrity, and world-class storytelling. With Paramount Plus, we're excited to establish one global string brand in the broad pay segment that will draw on the sheer breadth and depth of the C Viacom CBS portfolio to offer an extraordinary collection of content for everyone to enjoy. Unquote. Now, new shows in the works include another reboot of The Game, a spin-off of the CW and BET show Girlfriends, and a 10-issue limited series about producer Al Ruddy's experiences of the shooting of The Godfather. Not shows I'm interested in, but yeah, to each their own. A little news about Star Trek: Star Trek Strange New Worlds. During the show's Star Trek Day panel, Rebecca Romaine hinted that Number One's backstory will be told. Quote, well, like the Cage being such an old pilot, the writers have this very unique opportunity where they've had this character that's existed since the beginning of the canon, and she's never been written. I can't wait to find out how vast her skill set is. What are the arrows in her quiver? My number one question is, what's her backstory? And I had the delightful meeting with the writer's room a couple of months ago, and they flowed an idea for number one's backstory that I'm not going to share right now because it blew my mind when they said it. But that's all I can say, unquote. Yeah, um, now they've actually hint, uh, talked about her backstory in, in the novels, so uh, it'll be interesting to see if any of that kind of, you know, seeps through, but probably not. But, uh, you know, who knows? Some movie news. Noah Hawley told Variety that his movie is in a state of stasis until the new president of the studio recalibrates. He told them that they had finished the script and gotten to the designing, designer hiring phase when the studio hit the pause button. He also said that it would have been a completely different cast of characters. Quote, we're not doing Kirk and we're not doing Picard. It's a start from scratch that then allows us to do what we did with Fargo, where for th the first three hours you go, oh, it really has nothing to do with the movie. And then you find the money. So you reward the audience with a thing that they love. Unquote. Yeah. 
I'm I'm still interested to see this. You know, it it, it you know I think it'd be fascinating to see where they go with this. Now let's go on to geek news. Now uh, we begin geek news with some congratulations. Now, congratulations are in order to Stranger Days and Black Widow star David Harbour and singer Lily Allen, as the two tied the knot in Las Vegas over the Labor Day weekend. The couple got the marriage license the day before, and it was officiated by an Elvis impersonator. David Harbour released a photo of the happy couple on Instagram. Again, congratulations. Now, the Oscars aren't going to look so white in the future. The Academy of Motion Picture Arts and Sciences announced new inclusion requirements for the Best Picture category. For the 2022 and 2023 Oscars, a film will be will submit to a confidential Academy Inclusion Standards form to be considered for the Best Picture nomination. Beginning in 2024, for the 96th Oscars, a film submitted for Best Picture will need to meet the inclusion thresholds by meeting two of the four standards. All other categories will keep their current requirements. Nev Candle, Nev, Nev Candle, Nev Campbell is returning to the Scream franchise as Sidney Prescott for a new Scream movie from Spyglass and Paramount Entertainment. Now, according to the press release, the movie will return to the fictional home of the original movies, Woodsboro, California. You know, I've never been a fan of the Scream franchise. Myself, but you know, maybe it's good news for someone. The Emmys are are here, and they just happened last night. And it was a whole di- it was a lot different in the pandemic here. First off, let's go over the Creative Arts Emmys. Now, walking away with awards were The Mandalorian, which came away with the awards for Outstanding Cinematography for a Single Camera Series, Outstanding Production Design for a Narrative Program. Outstanding Sound Editing for a Comedy or Drama Series. Outstanding Sound Mixing for a Comedy or Drama Series. Outstanding Visual Effects. And Outstanding Character Voiceover Performance for Taika Waititi. And Outstanding Music Composition for a Series Original Dramatic Score. It's very, very good. Watchmen came away the big genre winner, though. Watchmen won for Outstanding Fantasy Sci-Fi Costumes. And they also won for Outstanding Cinematography for a Limited Series or Movie, Outstanding Single Camera Picture Editing for a Limited Series or Movie, Outstanding Music Composition for a Limited Series, Movie or Special, and uh, Outstanding Sound Mixing for a Limited Series or Movie, Outstanding Casting for a Limited Series, Movie or Special, Outstanding Sound Editing for a Limited Series, Movie or Special, and uh, Regina King won Lead Actress in a Limited Series or Movie. Damon Lindelof and Cord Jefferson won for Best Writing in a Limited Series or Movie. Yahya Abdul-Mateen II won Supporting Actor in a Limited Series or Movie. And Watchmen won the, won the Emmy for Outstanding Limited Series. You know, that is, that is a lot of awards. The uh, only, only one that got probably near as many awards was uh, the show Shit's Creek, which... I've tried watching once, and I just couldn't get into it, so, yeah. Good on them. I was hoping, I was, I was really hoping The Good Place would win. Anyway, the Netflix animated show, Big Mouth, uh, 
her, the actress Maya Rudolph won for character voiceover performance and outstanding. It also won for outstanding der- derivative interactive program for Big Mouth Guide to Life. Cosmos creating possible worlds won best short form nonfiction or reality series. Star Trek Picard pi- uh, picked up an award for outstanding prosthetic makeup for a series, limited series, movie or special. Stranger Things won for outstanding sound editing and outstanding individual achievement in animation, juried. Oh, wait. Cross that. Uh, outstanding individual achievement in animation actually went to Gendy Tartakovsky for Gendy Tartakovsky's Primal. And it also won outstanding individual achievement in animation, juried, for uh, Scott Wilson's art director for Gendy. Gendy Tartakovsky's Primal. Outstanding Individual Achievement in Animation Juried also went to Gendy Tartakovsky's Primal for Steven Stefano. But the Outstanding Animated Program, the winner was Rick and Morty for the Fat of Acid episode, which is, you know, one of their best episodes, I think. I enjoy watching that, especially when he's when he's living the entire life and has to go through a thing and then accidentally hits the button and sends himself all the way back to the beginning again. Outstanding Children's Program was a tie, and uh, Jim Henson's The Dark Crystal Age of Resistance won part of that, and uh, the other winner was We Are the Dream, the kids of the Oakland MLK Oratorial Fest on HBO. Yeah, and those were basically the the big genre winners for the Emmys, and I thought it was actually a pretty good telecast, despite despite the way they had to do it with basically just kind of the host in a studio. I think it came off better. It definitely came off quicker because you didn't have to wait for the winner to you know have to trump all the way through the audience to get on stage to give the present. You know, they just Gave them gave them a statue, and you know they quickly fired off their speech. It's actually, you know, I I actually might prefer that they do this every year, even though you know they aren't. They'll next year, you know, with if the pandemic is over, they'll go right back to the glitz and glamour of you know all sitting in a big room and all the stuff like that. Anyway, anyway. The Matrix 4 will be a love story, according to star Keanu Reeves. Now, speaking with the BBC's The One Show, he described the plot as, quote, We have a wonderful writer and director, Lana Wachowski, and she's really written a beautiful, beautiful script that's a love story. It's inspiring. It's another version of a kind of call to wake up and entertains great action, and all will be revealed. Now, uh, I don't know... You know that that doesn't give you much idea of what the Matrix Four is, because that's really kind of flowery. I got I gotta hand it to Keanu Reeves for, you know, knowing how to say something without actually saying something. You gotta admit that's masterful speech speeching there. Now, one note before we get to the final story tonight. Right before the taping, I learned of the death of actor Michael Lonsdale. He had passed away at the age of 89. Now, Lonsdale appeared in over 200 films and TV shows during his 60-year career, but he's best known to fans as the villain in the 1979 James Bond movie, Moonraker. 
appearing as Hugo Drax in Moonraker, Lonsdale established himself as one of the most memorable Bond villains over the years, going toe-to-toe with uh, Roger Moore's 007 in a fight for the fate of the world. Remember, that was the one that took place in space, that uh, ended up taking place in space, with Drax planning to basically wipe out humanity and repopulate it with his, with his, you know, white, blue-eyed people. Anyway, tonight we remember Dame Diana Rigg, the British actress who is best known for starring as Agent Emma Peel on the classic British series The Avengers in the 60s. Diana was born in Doncaster in 1938. Now, when she grew up, Rigg started with uh, a successful career as a stage actress in 1957, joining the Royal Shakespeare Society in 1959. She started her television career with a bit part in a TV production of A Midsummer Night's Dream. Now, she hit it big in 1965 during the fourth series of The Avengers, but uh, as uh, Ms. Peel, but left the show in 1968. A year later, she was opposite George Lazenby in On Her Majesty's Secret Service. Her character was the only one to ever win the heart of James Bond and get his hand in marriage, only to meet her untimely end at the end of the film. Now, she'd go on to many other shows and movies in the future, including movies like The Worst Witch and The Great Muppet Caper, and shows like You, Me, and the Apocalypse, Doctor Who, and Game of Thrones. She won, during her acting career, the BAFTA Award, the Tony Award, an Emmy Award, and in 1994 was made a Dame Commander of the Order of the British Empire. Diana Rigg died in her London home on September 10th from cancer. She was 84. And that brings us to the end of the sci-fi news. Now, be sure to check us out on social media. We're at Twitter, at Multiverse Tom. We're also on Facebook and Instagram as well. And if you'd like to contribute some money, please visit MT Podcast to go to our coffee, Patreon, and Glow.fm links as well. Or just go over to Multiverse Tonight and hit the Support Me link at the top of the page. And uh, while you're there, be sure to check out our affiliate marketplace links, the link to the T Public store, our show notes, and so much more. And if you're a subscriber, Please be sure to share it with your friends, and if you're brand new to the show, please be sure to subscribe and, you know, maybe leave us with some feedback. Let me know how we're doing. Now, special thanks to Shane Ivers for the intro music and Loba Loco for the outro music theme. Now, thanks for watching the sci-fi edition of Multiverse Tonight. We'll be back in just two weeks with a brand new comic book edition. Now, please or two days with a brand new comic book edition, I should say. Now please exit the universe in an orderly fashion. Good night. Multiverse Tonight is a production of Half-Big Genre Productions. Copyright 2020. All rights reserved.